Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I am your host today. And I want to thank you so much for spending some time with me. I know time is that one commodity that you just can't get back. And I'm always honored when someone finds some time out of their busy day to spend with me. So today's show is going to be a little bit different. I believe that mindset is a huge factor in success, whether it be in life or in business. And I don't know that we always are are able to stay honed in. You know, with everything that's thrown at us every day, uh, especially as entrepreneurs, we still have to juggle life along with our business. But I recently read an article in Forbes, and the title of the article was How Successful Entrepreneurs Use the Law of Attraction. Now, the law of attraction is one of the universal laws. Um, it went on to define some of those reasons to apply the law of attraction um, and, and some of the steps towards doing that. The first thing you'd want to do is to define what you want and ask for it. Another, be the hero of your day, not the victim. I always say that victim mentality will lower your vibration and it will attract things that you may not necessarily want. Um, believe success is inevitable. Believe success is inevitable. If you don't believe you're going to be successful, then trust me, it's not going to happen. Another is to practice gratitude. And, you know, when this comes up so many times, someone will say, yeah, yeah, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. No, this means practice gratitude and make sure that it comes natural for you, that you don't say, oh, I need, to, I need to write in my gratitude journal. Well, gratitude journals are great, but it's also great to just have that, that essence of gratitude as you go through your day. Believe in abundance. Do you think there's, do you think there's a limited amount of success of money out there? Or do you believe that there is unlimited? And another one that I love is dream big. Dream big. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, uh, Brad Yates or anybody out there actually is familiar with EFT, but I do a lot of that. And one of his taps is called BHAG, Big, Hairy, Audacious Goals. So, Think about what are those big, hairy, audacious goals and, and tap into that and just make it happen. So this is going to be the conversation for today with Matt Morales. Matt is a speaker, author, serial entrepreneur, and thought leader. 
He works with business owners to connect back to the soul of their company. I love that. And to show them how to be more profitable. In his book, Never Be Poor Again, he teaches the laws of the universe, how to respect them, and most importantly, how to put them in practice. Please help me in welcoming Matt to the show. Matt, welcome to the show today. Linda, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I am so excited to have you here. You know, as my show, All Things Franchising, um, I'm always interviewing franchisors and franchisees and business owners. But I tell you what, Matt, I believe that mindset and tapping into, I love what you said, the soul of your company, just remembering what that, what's important is so important to the success. Let's first talk a little bit, Matt, about where did all this begin? Is, it some, is this a, a concept that you grew up with? You know, um, as I've grown up over the years, I've noticed that the more I pay attention to nature, the laws of nature, mm-hmm. the more I realize that everything follows those laws. And when I grew up, I did grow up very, very poor. I grew up in the hood of New Jersey, Passaic, Patterson, New Jersey. And um, my parents tried to do better. My mother went to college. She was a businesswoman. She tried to do everything she could to start businesses and run businesses. My father was a philosopher, and he had what I like to call my million-dollar library. And he mm-hmm. had me read Rich Dad, Poor Dad at 12 years old. He had me read The wow. Secret as soon as it came out. And um, I think this was a big part of trying to get out of that poverty, doing everything I could to get out of being poor and to watching my family and my friends struggle every single day. Yeah. Um, which has um, become and, a study and, of mine. And, it, and it's interesting that you were exposed to this at such an early age so how do you think that impacted you as a young man making those decisions? Oh, it, it, it impacted everything I, I did because I had to go, you know, I had to go days choosing what, if I was going to eat that day, if I was going to eat sleep for dinner. I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but mm-hmm. many, many times, saying, am, I, am I eating tonight? You know, um, are my brothers mm-hmm. eating tonight? Obviously, I lived with my family. We were all poor, you know, um, and we do crazy things like just take adobo, which is like this Puerto Rican seasoning, and just put it on bread, and that's what we'd eat for flavor, you know? So mm-hmm. I wanted to get out of there. I needed to get out of there. I needed to understand how to get out of there. And I saw that other people were, and I believed that I could do. Mm-hmm. So what was the first you know? step for you, Matt? At, at, when did you make that step to um, implement a lot of those philosophies that your father had exposed you to and the business knowledge that your mother had exposed you to. What, what was the catalyst to make that happen for you? Oh, what a fantastic question because here's the thing. I read all the books. I went to all the seminars, right? I joined the military, and, you know, after all this, I was still broke. Mm-hmm. And um, no matter what I did, I'd still be broken. So you're right. So it was absolutely a catalyst. And what that was is I was traveling the world. I was about 26 years old. And I had saved $2,500 before going. And then I had $1,500, me and my friends, to go travel around. And we went around India. And um, then we went into Nepal. 
on our first day in Nepal, okay, we had $40 left. $40 we spent on visas and had $40 left, Nicole and I, my girlfriend at the time. And then we went to a guest house. When we went to that guest house, I gave them two weeks' worth of rent so that we had a place to stay for two weeks. And so we had $20 left. And so walking around our first day in Nepal with only $20 after traveling for six months, we hadn't eaten in a couple of days. We didn't really know where the guest house was. We didn't know the town, so we wanted to kind of wander. And Nicole gets hit by a car. Hmm. And we rush her to the hospital. And they immediately inject her with medicine, which turned out to be ketamine. And then um, give her an x-ray, do all the things. So she ends up in crutches and stuff. Um, and we're there for about two hours. But long story short, they hand me a bill. And they say, you have to pay this right now. And I look at the bill. And the bill says $18. Or after I calculate it, it's 18 American dollars. And so I'm like, uh, okay. So I pay this bill, which was an amazing deal, $18. Right. But right. now I only had $2 left. And it's crazy how $2 can mean so much sometimes and so little at other times. And so now Nicole and I are in the middle of Nepal, nowhere where, no clue where we are because we rushed to the hospital, don't know how we got there. We took a taxi, don't know where the guest house is or the name of it, don't know the language, don't know the town, don't know anything whatsoever. And so we start mm-hmm. wandering back home with Nicole drugged up on ketamine. And after an hour and a half, it's middle of the night, and all the lights go out, and we're starving. She hasn't eaten anything. She goes, you know, I'm hungry. Do we have any money? And I reach into my pockets, and I say, we have $2. Would you prefer dinner? Or breakfast mm. and she broke down crying and I said what's wrong what's wrong and she said I've never had to choose between two meals before mm. but of course I had I grew up like that and I knew there was nothing I could say or nothing I could do and so she broke down crying and you know I broke down crying with her and so I looked at her and I was like you know what let's go let's go eat and she goes, but what about tomorrow? I said, you know what? I'm not worried about tomorrow. How many times are we going to be in the same broken down position before I decide never again? I will never, ever feel like this again. Nicole, I mm-hmm. promise we will never do this again. We will never be poor again, and we will never have to choose between something as simple as a meal. Let's go eat. And from then on, I took every single financial book that I had ever read, and I decided I was going to reread them, and I was going to apply every single thing they talked about before I moved to the next page. And that's what changed my life. You know, Matt, it, that's, that's such a moving story. And I, um, I believe, and, and it's certainly not to um, minimize what you went through, but I do believe that the universe puts us in a situation and um, many situations in life and if we don't listen, um, the message gets stronger and stronger. And that's where so many times we end up in a crisis because the universe has tried, and I say, whisper, suggest, um, guide us. And when we don't take that, those nudges, um, the message gets stronger. So, you know, you were in a crisis there. And you went back and reread all of the books that you had already read before. How different was that message the second time around after, after being in that crisis, after you know, being in that situation in Nepal 
did the message sound differently to you the second time? Absolutely. I already knew that reading a book a different time, you pick up on different things. Right. And so now I had a whole new way of looking at it, a whole new way of doing things. And so I was taken in every single sentence I could in every single exercise and actually doing the exercises. I used to skip the intros. I used to skip the conclusions. I used to say, oh, the exercise doesn't matter. I understand what it's trying to say. I get it. I'm smart. These other people, they're kind of dumb. I'm smart. I got it. No, obviously I'm one of these other people. I'm broke. Right. That's why Matt, I laugh because I do the same thing. <laughs> oh, the intro. Oh, it's no big deal. I'm. I, it's just setting me up. I'm just going to go straight to the bullet points. <laughs> exactly. So and funny. you know what? Yeah. Something hit me. Something uh-huh. really hit me. It hit me that it was never, ever my poverty keeping me poor. It was my arrogance. Because mm. I tried to blame the government, and I tried to blame taxes, and I blamed rich people, and I blamed the hood, and I blamed the fact that I grew around gangs, and I blamed the education system, but it was never any of that. I was avoiding Mm -hmm. my own ignorance, arrogance. Mm. So tell me now, once you have... Um, decided to plug back in to um, these universal laws. What were some of the shifts that you made in your life, in your perspective, your your mindset? What were some of the daily shifts and those exercises that you talked about? What were some of the things that you actually implemented that did help with you making those changes? A phenomenal question. Um, the first thing I did was I started accounting for everything I had. And so I calculated my net worth. Your net worth is assets minus liabilities. But for even simpler terms, anything that's putting money in your pocket minus everything that's taking money out of your pocket. If you were to balance those out right now, how much would you have left over? So I calculated my net worth. From knowing my net worth, I was able to account for everything I had. I separated my money into channels, 70% of it to pay for my expenses, to pay for the things that I needed to pay for, 20% to pay off my debts and the people that I owed and the things that were weighing on my heart and my soul, and 10% for financial freedom, to free myself. And so that money was money that was growing itself, working harder for me than I was for it. And so I did that in glass jars. And I would, every single time I got home, I was a waiter. So I I had so many jobs, you know, the entrepreneur, right? I did so many jobs. I tried to start so many businesses but kept falling apart. But at this time, I was a waiter. And so I would take all my tips and I'd separate it and stuff. And then I started taking money and I started putting it somewhere to invest automatically. At the time was um, Bitcoin and Ethereum and Litecoin. I was putting it in some index funds and stuff like that. Um, but then the mess ups I was saying was every time I got into an emergency, I'd pull money out my investment. Every time something happened and you know, something worried, I pulled it out of the money that I was growing for myself, and I started breaking the integrity of the account. And I just kept ending up in the same position over and over and over. I was spending more money than I was allocating for myself. So these are the things that are taking away from us. Forget about what we need to do. We all know what we need to do. What aren't we doing? Mm-hmm. Very good point there. And uh, as I said at the top of the show, Matt, you work with 
entrepreneurs and, and businesses, how do you help them apply that concept to their business? Okay, so the first thing we do is uh, we do a business plan. And now what I've learned, I've taken a lot of business plan classes. Most classes that teach you how to write a business plan don't actually teach you how to write a business plan. They tell you what's in a business plan and say go. Right, You're right. Done for yourself. No, you and I will make a business plan for your business. If you are already have a business plan, we will work on it and tighten it up, or we will see if you're breaking your business plan or following your business plan. And then we make a marketing plan, a really, really strong marketing plan. We find out what to do with your money, so we, we mess with your finances, and we start organizing it, seeing if you're accounting for everything, and start organizing it in a way so that you start taking your profits first and so that you're able to pay yourself and so that you're able to pay your employees so that you reduce your expenses. So we do that same thing. We take all those same principles and we start applying it to your business. And it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a business yet, we'll get you started. Or if you mm -hmm. own a business and, you're, and you just kind of, you know, money's kind of falling out, but you don't have the time or the resources right now to figure out where, the, where you're hemorrhaging money and you need someone to figure out where you're hemorrhaging money. And we can work that out as well. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that happens, I think, Matt, is that when someone goes into business, they go into business because they love their widget and they're passionate mm -hmm. about their widget. Mm -hmm. They're really not passionate mm -hmm. about running a business. Yeah. But they don't, That's without the business, they don't have their widget, do they? Exactly. And so the, the question becomes what is the business side of it. What is actually a business? And simply, a business is a duplicatable system. Mm -hmm. So if you want to play with your widget, you need a system that's so duplicatable, you can walk away, you can call a neighbor and say, hey, can you do me a favor and do step one, two, three, four, and five? And they can just mm -hmm. do step one, two, three, four, and five. You don't need to be there. Mm -hmm. And the business has the ability to employ others while you are not out there. But if you need to employ yourself, and order your business to work. I don't care if you have five, 500 employees, you're self-employed. That's correct. Because you need to employ yourself. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, when I coach people, I, uh, and some of, the, some of the service industries are, they really fall into this trap, say Mr. Plummer. Mr. Plummer says that he's been working for ABC Plumbing Company for years. You know, I can do that on my own. Mrs. Plummer, she can take care of the accounting. And Junior Plummer, he can help me, you know. Then he doesn't have a business. He just created himself a job. That's exactly. the difference exactly. between Because he can, like you said, he can never walk away. Never walk away because mm -hmm. he is the business. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the point of the, the business. Like you said, the whole point of doing the business was because there's something, a problem we wanted to solve, or there's something yeah. that we really, really, really love doing. And that's where we want to focus. We don't want to focus mm -hmm. on the marketing and the running the employees and cleaning the floors and all that. But we, if we don't want to do that, then we need to know how to do those things in an efficient manner so mm -hmm. that they can be duplicated and systemized. Mm -hmm. So is that what you're talking about when you say that you help them to connect back to the soul of their company? Yes, and even more so, it's the, you said it earlier, the message. We all have a message. We all have a problem we're trying to fix for someone. Whether it's something as simple as being a waiter and just wanting to serve someone 
so they feel happy. Or whether it's a bigger problem like, um, you know, uh, cleaning up the oceans, right? Mm -hmm. We create something and we have this message and that's why we're in this because we make money, right? We get paid by the quantity of service we give and the quality of service. So the amount of people we help and how well we help them. And so there's this thing that we're doing and this thing that we want to do and how we want to help the world. And as long as we're focused there, that message, then we can grow. I want to tune you back into that. I want to remind you what that is. I want to make all your brands match that. I want to make all your efforts do that. I want you to be able to make as much money as possible so that you can donate to those causes, so that you can give to those people, so that you can help um, give uh, jobs to people who need jobs, so that you can do all those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the things that I have always thought is many people think, all business owners begin a business and they grow their business because they want a bigger house or they want um, they want um, a lake house or maybe they want a house down by the beach or they want to take those um, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar a year vacations. And there are people that want to do that, and if that's their passion and that's what drives them, that's great. But that's never been my passion. My passion is always exactly what you're talking about is being able to employ people, to help people, um, being mm-hmm. able to um, donate, um, donate money to my favorite charity. So as, as you're helping people with their business plan, is that some of how you help them to get some clarity about what their purpose or what their, their why is? Absolutely, your why and I'm sure if you've never heard this before, you'll start hearing it a lot more because a lot of people talk about this. Your why is the most important part of everything. And if your why doesn't make you cry, it ain't strong enough. Mm. Mm. I love that. You, that's exactly, you need that's to exactly have a right. Purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as you, you were talking about dreams earlier, I have a saying, the bigger you dream, the longer you live. And so I don't just dream of helping people for the next 100 years. I imagine, how can I help the world for the next 1,000 years? Yeah. What can I give to this world that will last at least 1,000 years? That's at least me. That's what I want to do. Oh, my goodness. That gives me goosebumps here, Matt. That, I love that. I love that. So it's, it's basically, what are you going to leave behind? What are you going to leave yeah. behind? What, you know, when you're gone... Um, and and I am I am certainly not discouraging anyone from that, having those big vacations, but incorporate something in those big big vacations that will leave an impression. You know whether it's leaving yeah, an impression. You, yep, exactly. Yeah, and we can make it even deeper that, than that. And so here's a lesson for everyone in goals and understanding. The truth is, you don't want the big house. No one wants a million dollars. No one wants to gain fifty pounds or lose fifty pounds. There's core desired feeling. It's the feeling we're going to have behind those things, and we all define what would give us those feelings differently. What would make me feel prosperous? What would make me feel stable? What would make me feel strong? What would make me feel intelligent, right? And so maybe for me, reading a book would make me feel intelligent. Watching YouTube videos and education would make me feel intelligent. Maybe for someone else, having a doctorate would make them feel intelligent. Maybe for me, feeling strong, feeling strong is having five kids 
and working from home, while maybe mm-hmm. someone else strong is um, being able to lift 200 pounds. And so mm-hmm. if we know these core desired feelings, we don't want a million dollars, but the feeling of freedom, the feeling of stability, and we define our core desired feelings first, then we can take, choose the goals that would help us feel those core desired feelings. And if we don't do all those things all the time, we don't feel so guilty. I don't feel so bad that I didn't read today because I know that, um, you know, I played chess today and that helped me feel feel intelligent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that changes everything. And that's how we truly write goals. So, Matt, do you think that the the year of 2020 has, I always call it that the universe created a pause for us. Do you believe that people um, are leveraging that pause or they were able to hear or see things uh, a little bit differently simply because we had that huge chunk of time, a full year, to reevaluate? Has it changed Mm -hmm. people? Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, I think that every single generation has something that completely shifts the way the world works. And some of us are ready to take advantage of that, and some of us um, use that to hurt us, right? We had Y2K for some people. Obviously, we had the wars, you know. We had the beginning of the the Internet and the phone, and then we had the other pandemic. So on the good sides and the bad sides, every single time something that happens that completely transformed the world, some of us leverage it and some of us don't. And so it's where are we in this place? I definitely leveraged the pause. Mm-hmm. And I definitely mm-hmm. see people that have. But I also see other people who, you know, truly, truly, um, they weren't sick from the coronavirus or anything like that, but they truly allowed the pause to devastate and hurt them, but it still gave them some kind of evaluation on where they were in their life. And I don't mm-hmm. think, I think we, were, we, we all had to reflect in that way. So we all have the same opportunity. We all have an opportunity um, when, when we're faced or presented with a challenge like that. Um, what, makes, what makes us view that opportunity different than others? Why is it that uh, you were able to leverage that pause and others weren't? What was, what was the distinction there, Matt? Back to what you said at the beginning in Forbes, the word gratitude, an attitude of grace, an attitude of graciousness, this recognition, this recognition that I have been given everything in the world, and it's up to me to see the opportunities to do something with the things in front of me, to take the beauties that are inside of me and find a way to express that out in the world. And some of us really have been in a point where we were reflective so enough, enough to become grace, gracious for this and have um, gratitude for it. And some of us are still, you know, victimizing ourselves. Yeah, 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 most definitely. i tell you what, Matt, I need to take a commercial break as much as I don't want to do this because I'm enjoying right. the conversation. <laughs> but I need to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, do you happen to have some stories of – maybe people that you've worked with that have been able to benefit from shifting their their philosophy here? Absolutely. I can tell a great story about about one of my best friends and one of the philosophies about adding books into his life. 
Oh, wonderful. And Sounds great. Yeah. Awesome. So we will, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more from Matt Morales. He is the author of Never Be Poor Again. We'll be right back. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros and my guest today is Matt Morales and we are talking about how to tap in to some of the universal laws as a business owner and help to expand not only your spiritual beliefs and your uh, and the connection to you know the things you were meant to be doing. You know we're all placed on this earth to do something special, um, and just tapping into that makes great things happen. But as a business owner, it can help you to run a very successful business. So, Matt, at the commercial break, I ask if you happen to have uh, a story you could share with us, and I can't wait to hear this story. Yeah, absolutely. I have. Um, I call him my brother, my best friend brother. His name is Melvin. Um, amazing sales, salesman, probably one of the best salesmen you'll ever meet. But he always, he wasn't always the best salesman. And so I remember a long time ago um, us having a conversation, and we're talking about one of Jim Rohn's philosophies. And so one of the things you'll hear me teach about is that you can learn anything you want. And so when I'm teaching you your programs and things, I'm going to teach you an insane amount of stuff that you can't possibly remember everything, but I'm going to show you resources for everything. Mm-hmm. And so my brother and I were having this great conversation, and he was saying about, um, or I was saying that you should read, we should read more, the importance of reading, 10 pages of a good book. Imagine if I read if, uh, 10 pages of a good book today and you didn't. There's not much of a difference between you and I today. And same thing tomorrow, if I read 10 pages of a good book and you didn't, there's still not much of a difference. And we kept doing that and doing that, not much of a difference. But a year from now, if I read 10 pages of a good book every single day and you didn't, is there a difference between you and me today? Mm. Of course Mm. there is. There's 1,300 pages between you and I. There's 10 to 13 uh, 
books of a difference between you and I, 10 to 13 philosophies, new ways of thinking, new trades, new skills of a difference between you and I. Now, I had first heard this from Jim Rohn, a phenomenal philosopher, and so I expressed this with my brother. And I remember about a year later, he calls me and he says, you know, um, I understand what you were saying about reading 10 pages of a good book, because every single day this year, I've been reading or listening to 10 pages of a good book from an audio book. And I noticed that my friends, I was trying to have conversations with them, and we couldn't converse. We couldn't talk about anything because there was such a difference between the way they thought and the way that I thought at this point that we couldn't even hold a conversation anymore. Mm. And he became the number one salesman in his company that year. He became, uh, he got promoted twice. He started training and now he travels training and teaching people. And one, one of the things he got from one of the books was that hard work beats talent every day. And so instead of working at being the best salesperson, he worked at being the hardest working. Hmm. That's and an amazing story. Everything. Just amazing story because uh, so much, and I love Jim Rohn and many entrepreneurs, many business owners, you know, we cut our teeth on Jim Rohn, Right. Mm-hmm. And because his philosophies are so simple and they're so doable, but it changes exactly. your life so drastically, like the 10 pages. So your mm-hmm. friend here, Matt, he was really the same person, but what shifted, what changed? Um, you know, what was it that took him to the to the next level and allowed him to apply who he was to the same job, but got better, better results or different results. I think it was seeing people that he was on the same playing field with witnessing their pain, realizing his own pain, how much he didn't want to be there and then seeing how long he was there for you know, and so I think it comes down to reflection. It always comes down to reflection. There's this moment in which we realize, I can't do this anymore. I can't be in this pain anymore. I don't deserve this pain. I don't deserve to work 80 hours a week and still live paycheck to paycheck. I don't deserve to work for a job that doesn't appreciate me. I don't deserve to be, you know, working in my own business every single day and it falling apart. What can I do? because I deserve better. You know, Matt, many times those people that you described could be our family. Now, you're not suggesting that you um, excommunicate yourself from your family. Um, just spend less time Never. with them? Not even, not even. Um, to me, it's the opposite. I think if you want good in your life, don't focus on trying to take the bad out. Mm. Just add more good into your life. Mm. And so when we try to get rid of our debt, that's why I said earlier about your net worth. I could have said, write down your debt and then pay that off. I did not say that. I said, calculate your net worth, which includes your debt inside of it, because what we focus on grows. And so by adding the good into our life, the bad just falls away. So he didn't step away from his friends. He still hangs out with his friends, but what he realized was was that there was a difference between them. And so he still hangs out with them to this day. 
But mm-hmm. now he surrounds himself also by, with people that have read these books as him. So they've, he's added them into their life. He's added goodness mm-hmm. into his life. And mm-hmm. that has taken in turn and spread to his family and the people around him. I don't believe in cutting people out. I believe that when you add good things in to you, it overflows to the next person and then to the next person and then to the next person. And that's the way we share in this world. That's the way we give love in this world. That's the way we have empathy in this world. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely love your approach there because uh, I do believe that when you focus on that negative, it definitely lowers your vibration and lowering your vibration makes you vulnerable to things that you really don't want in your life. Um, but, it, you know, surrounding yourself also with those people that, that do, uh, they are like-minded and they are eager to learn and they do have that sense of curiosity in life. And I think curiosity is way underrated because I think curiosity is that thing that definitely uh, can keep us useful and um, yeah. always keep us open, like you mentioned before, of uh, new philosophies, new ideas. Um, so along with um, your current circle of friends and family, you're suggesting that we seek out others who believe maybe differently than we do. You know, maybe they're yeah. going to stretch our belief, Right. Exactly. Stretch our beliefs. Exactly. And, you know, if there's, someone, if there's someone who's wearing really, really nice clothes all the time and you mm-hmm. hang out with them enough, you're bound to start wearing nicer clothes or mm-hmm. the clothes that you feel are nicer because you now know the stores are getting them from and the place is getting it from. And so you're just getting these more resources. So it's the same with business, right? It's the same with finances. If you're around a person who makes $20,000 a year every single day, and then all of a sudden you surround yourself with a person who makes $150,000 a year, you're going to notice their philosophies are quite different. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to start adopting some of those philosophies. And so I'm not going to throw my $20,000 friend away, no. But I'm going to surround both of us by that $150,000 person a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? that, that and I think does that's where the change comes sense. from. Yeah, most definitely that is where the change comes from. And it also, um, the people that are making $100,000 a year, they spend their time differently than they they invest their time as they would invest their money. Just like I said at the top of the show, time is that one commodity that you can't get back. And when you see it as a commodity, then sitting in front of the television watching um, sitcoms, is like taking money and flushing it down the toilet. Because, uh, And I'm not saying that you can't spend some time doing that, but not day in and day out, not the bulk of your day. So uh, mm-hmm. as, as you're looking for a, an entrepreneur or business owner that could use uh, working with you, what would be some of the issues that an entrepreneur may be facing right now that you could possibly help them with? Uh, Perfect. Okay, so if you just don't have a business plan at all, period, you need one. And so I can absolutely help you with that, even if you already have a business. If you don't have a business plan, you need one. It gives you a general idea of where you're going to go in the next five years. If um, you're struggling to 
get money or to get seen, you know, um, you're having a hard time getting investments or grants or stuff like that, I can show you how to get that. I can show that, help you write up work, write, write up your plan, write up requests, write up fundraising requests, things like that. If um, you're having a hard time getting customers, if you don't know where to get customers from, you don't know where to get how to do your social media, you don't know um, what resources. I will help uh, connect you to resources that will help finance you, help connect you to the local population. You can work with other business groups. So anyone really at the beginning stages, I work the best with. Mm-hmm. Anyone right at the beginning stages. And if you already have a business, and you are not taking in a profit, please call me. I will, I'm sure some tiny little tweaks will make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and then finally, that's anyone mm-hmm. who's moving from self-employment to owning a business, you're self-employed mm. and you want to turn it into a business, I can help you with that as well. Mm. And that is a very big um, culture shift if you will. I was in banking for 30-something years, Matt, and when I decided to leave, I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew that I couldn't do what I'd been doing one more day that I had done for 30-something years. So I would, I would highly encourage someone who is considering leaving their corporate position to put the brakes on just a second and actually work with someone like you before they tried to step out and become an entrepreneur Uh, because um, I spent a lot of time, I felt like I was behind the eight ball quite often. Uh, It was a huge learning curve for me. So you don't go from having a corporate position to being an entrepreneur without some major personal development work, wouldn't you say? Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Because there really is, you know, there's the two types of entrepreneurs. There's the entrepreneurs who started off as entrepreneurs. And so that's all they know, Mm -hmm. trying to do different businesses, trying to do whatever. But then there's people who decide to be an entrepreneur. They come Mm -hmm. across an idea. They come across a feeling. They hate what they're doing and they're just ready for that shift. And so, um, the two worlds are so different, but you don't need to let go of your income to yeah. uh, to grow your business. And that's the first thing people do. I hate this. I'm over. Even I did it. You know, um, yeah. I hate this. I'm over. I got to get out of here. I'm going to go start an, uh, a business. I'm going to go do it my, myself. Yes, you can still do that while you're at that corporate receiving right. income. You don't need to throw everything away all of a sudden. Right. And so there's some steps that we can do so that you can get into that place first so that you can step away from that corporation, away from that business, away from whatever you're doing easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, we've come down to the end of the show here. If somebody is listening and they are really intrigued by what you have been talking about, tell me, how could they get in touch with you? How could they get a copy of your book? Uh, the book is Never Be Poor Again. How can they reach you? Um, great. So you can reach me on my Instagram, on my Facebook page, or even my website, and I am Money Mystic, Money Mystic 359. My website is moneymystic.co. You can get my book on Amazon or Barnes & Nobles. You can or, uh, pre-order the ebook right now. 
the paper book itself, uh, paperback book will drop on July 16th. Uh, but you can get that on Amazon. You can get that on Barnes & Nobles. You can go to my website, moneymystic.co. You can find my phone number there on my Facebook page, on my LinkedIn, any of them. Anywhere you go, you're going to find me on Money uh, with Money Mystic, whether that's my Facebook, my Instagram, or um, or my LinkedIn, or my website. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. I really hope you enjoy it. My book is Never Before Again, A Guide Wonderful. to Money as a Spiritual Practice. Wonderful. Matt, this has been such a thrill for me to have you on the show. And I tell you what, I would love to have you come back in a few months or so and give us some more advice because I don't know that I'm done with this conversation. (laughs) I would love that. That would be amazing. Let's schedule that. We will definitely do that, Matt. Thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate you. Thank you. You have a great one. We'll do it. So, folks, as we were talking earlier, and I do love Matt's Matt's, um, quote where he said, it was never poverty that kept me poor. It was my arrogance. And that an arrogance is certainly something. It's an attitude, but it can color everything in our life. So by realizing that all of this, you can change, but it is like a muscle, and it takes time. And that leads me into the quote. You know, I always leave you with a quote every day. So this quote is by Ariana Huffington. She is the president and editor-in-chief of the Huffington Post. Her quote goes like this. Fearlessness is like a muscle. I know from my own life that the more I exercise it, the more natural it becomes to not let my fears run me. And I have to tell you, I have faced many, many fears in my life, and it is not comfortable to have that fear out there. But once you have slayed the dragon, so to speak, you feel so much more empowered. So the next time, the next fear you face, that muscle is stronger, and you will find that you're stronger as well. So, folks, thanks for joining me today on All Things Franchising. I look forward to seeing you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.